0: You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Pet Talk Naturally, the place where your animal friends and nature come together to find health, happiness, and harmony with all the natural things the Earth has to offer. Your hosts dr kim bloomer and dr jeannie thomason each week will lead you through the practice of taking care of your pets with all the wonderful natural elements that nature provides so get ready to learn about natural nutrition preventative pet
1: health and more
0: with your hosts dr kim and dr jeannie
1: well hello i'm dr kim i'm one of your hosts and i'm dr jeannie your other host Today we have a wonderful show for you. I've been looking forward to this one. Um, and everybody knows that we're horse lovers, Jeannie, and I think the important message today that we're going to find out is that loving horses, just loving them isn't enough. And nice. Car- we have with us, a am um, very honored to have Carolyn Resnick with us. Mm-hmm. She is the author of Naked Liberty and sh- Natural Horsemanship. I think she's... Um, it's just awesome the way she works with horses. I don't like to think of her so much as a tra- of a trainer as someone who, her website, one of her websites is dancewithhorses.com. She really does dance with these horses and understands their language. So today's topic is Waterhole Rituals, the Language of Horses, and uh, again, we're going to be speaking with Carolyn Resnick, and you can visit her website at, at, at dancewithhorses.com, but go to her blog, because that's where all the wonderful information mm-hmm. is, at carolynresnickblog.com and that is c-a-r-o-l-y-n-r-e-s-n-i-c-k blog.com so we're going to have a short message and then we'll be right back so don't go away
0: time to take a walk down the path to happier and healthier pets and while we're doing that you get to listen to a few words from our sponsors naturally pet talk naturally we'll be right back Hey, ready to take a walk? Not just you, but the whole family. It's the 2009 Whisker Walk, Sunday, June 7th from 11 to 3 at the Lancaster Fairground in Lancaster, Massachusetts. Pet owners and animal lovers walk to lend a Paw to benefit the animal shelters and pet charities they love. Come see exhibits, demonstrations, educational programs, special attractions, product giveaways, entertainment, auctions, raffles, food, fun, and things for adults and kids to see, do, and buy. Both human and pet related. Whisker Walk 2009. A fun day for everyone. For more information, log on to Whiskerwalk.org Three things, human. What planet? Stop what you're doing and start horsing around. Every week on Pet Life Radio, horse expert and award-winning rider Audrey Pavia will be trotting out great tips on feeding, breeding, and more on everything equestrian. So set a spell and say hey to Audrey and get ready for a darn tootin', galloping good time. Every week on Horsin' Around, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com We're back but our nature walk has just begun. Now back to Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie.
1: Well we are speaking today with Carolyn Resnick and again she's the author of Naked Liberty and has one of the most wonderful blogs. There are a couple of blogs that I read. I'm not someone who reads a lot of blogs um, but Hers is one I look forward to, and it's why I get the email notifications, mm-hmm. um, and I really look forward to reading every single blog post that she does here. Carolyn, welcome. We are very honored to have you with us today. I'm very excited to be here. Well, I'll tell you, we're going to be talking about so many things that you talk about on your blog, we're going to talk about that today, and I think some of the... First of all, what we'd like for everyone to understand is what you even mean by let me back up why don't we just talk about your background first because you know what I found your book fascinating Naked Liberty it, I grew up in the desert also but your upbringing and your your outlook towards animals all animals was fascinating to me.
2: Well okay what what would you like to to me to talk about? I want you to just share a little bit of...
1: Really, your first, why, why was it horses? What was, it, was the thing that drew you to horses? And I'm always curious why some people choose whichever animal it is that they're um, going to work with, although most of the people that we have on the show love a variety of animals. They focus in on one, and you chose horses.
2: Well, I think that probably why like most of us are drawn to horses, it's just an awesome experience to think that you could ride this spirited creature, and have this absolutely phenomenal connection, and allow ourselves to get up, give the control of where we go, and put our hands into the into giving it to the horse. I mean, and then having the horse operate uh, uh, like our own pair of legs, but better. Is <laughs> just mm-hmm. absolutely amazing, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know for myself really what it was all about because I met horses when I can't remember because I was too young, wow. and in my book, I remember my first connection with horses was seeing them or hearing them when, uh, when they were coming down the street in our town, I heard their hooves on the street. And when I heard their hooves on the street, it was like an electric shock to me. Mm. And I just, I just had to find out what that sound was. And how old were you? It, well, I don't know. I, I was old enough, I guess, to be able to communicate with my mother that I heard noise. Right. And my mother lifted me up to the window and said it was horses. Hmm. And there was a huge parade, and there was music, there was elephants, there was lions, there was tigers, there was everything. It was a Barlam and Bailey Circus parade. And all I could see was the horses. (laughs) And, you know, it's just the way it's been. Hmm. I love all of the animals. I mean, as you know from reading my book, I'm, you know, I'm very drawn to animals and I'm very curious about them and I'm very curious in how they think. Mm-hmm. So my, my whole focus has been on how they're thinking in their mind. Right. And communicating with them through, uh, through a bond and relating to them through how they see what's happening around them. And growing up in the desert... Uh, And how we had the horses on our ranch is we didn't have any fences, so instead of fencing horses in, we fenced them out. Oh, so Mm. so like their food is fenced out, right? Right. Mm -hmm. We have you know doors and windows closed, and so therefore the horses were always looking to get in. And they would, you know, come up on the porch or anything. So so the thing is, is, is what I discovered about horses is when you give them more freedom, you get to meet a different kind of animal.
1: Mm, no doubt. And, and I think, don't you think maybe people were more apt to do things like that when we were all, um, and I know when I was growing up, it was just more that way for animals in general.
2: Mm-hmm. We lived yeah. closer to animals in mm-hmm. the past. I know myself, as I'm teaching about relating to animals, I'm having to change my approach all the time because I'm having to add more uh, beginning uh, information that I didn't used to have to add because people just had common sense. Like, let's say if a bird was in the house and who didn't want to be, in the past people would know how to get the bird out of the house without getting hysterical or hurting the bird. (laughs) <laughs> right. <laughs> and today they'd probably call the fire department. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And yeah. so so we don't live as close to nature. Like my my mother grew up on a ranch in Idaho and there wasn't stores to go to. Everything everything that they that they had, they were self-contained. What do they call it today? They call it being not on the grid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Uh-huh. Well, Like, that's some phenomenal thing when a few years ago, (laughs) you know, it was the norm. It was the the norm, you know, unless you lived in town. In the city, right. I I sadly
1: think, Carolyn, that um, it's because of us being on the grid that we have, and losing so much touch with nature, that our... um, way of dealing with animals has sadly become much more from a human viewpoint instead of from an animal's viewpoint right. and understanding of the, the, nature.
2: Yeah, the, the, thing, the thing that I feel create, creates that is this concern for I want. Mm, and we, mm-hmm. we live in a culture where all we think is what we need, what we want, and we don't think about what the other guy needs or the other guy mm-hmm. wants when so we're driving true. down the road, mm-hmm. like you know, somebody wants to speed up. I say, okay, good. I say, great. You know, go ahead. I'm so glad to give that to you as a gift. And we don't. We or if I'm in line to go into a grocery store and I see somebody who's got very little, I always say, you know, go ahead of me. I do the and, same. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this this kind of of slowness to create the art of sewing is now what I focus on with people. Ah. Mm. Wow, that is a good point. You know,
1: I was just talking with my husband this morning about this very thing that you're saying. We have a bunch of um, new people. This neighborhood is just being developed. um, And we're out in the desert. And I I think of you often out here, Carolyn, because I've encountered some of the same creatures you used to. And I grew up in an area like this, and so it feels like I'm going back to my childhood out here and one of the things I have noticed is there's more dogs running loose Um, no horses unfortunately in this area but there are dogs and people just let their dogs the ones that are contained are barking at the ones that are running loose Uh and one of my I I almost feel like he's going get back in your cage because I can't be free you know and Uh uh, my husband said I said why do you think it is that nobody out here is concerned with their dogs barking a lot and he goes well, first of all, because people care are focused on themselves right, second of all, because it if it doesn't affect them, it doesn't matter um, right, but so also we don't have that
2: community because see we're since we're on the on the top of the food chain, mhm, we don't need communities to survive hm, mm-hmm. so we don't think in terms of community when we have disaster, all of a sudden, you see the best part of people right.
1: Because okay. we need
2: community in those moments. Mm-hmm. So because we we just don't need community, we don't think of it. But I know that the world is a lot unhappier today than it has been, because we are we are not anymore doing anything but serving ourselves. And where you really get to real you know experience of joy, is by the serving of others. Mm. Absolutely. That is actually That's where it comes from. So mm-hmm. the thing is, it's what I do with the horses is I show people how to serve the horse and then how you can lead the horse and what leadership is about. And leadership, and this is why people have a hard time leading a horse is we have to look at what leadership is. Leadership is a person or thing or horse or whatever that is the best team player. Hmm. Well, how can we lead? Where we don't know anything about team playing. Wow. It's <laughs> does that make sense? Carolyn?
1: Yes, perfect Actually, sense. Uh, Carolyn, <laughs> I actually wrote something because of what you wrote there. I had written an article series a while back that I'm hoping to develop out into a book. And one of the things that I said in there, and I learned this from you, was that leadership does not equate to dominance. It yeah. is about serving the greater good. I learned <laughs> that from a horse,
2: and that's what I said. I learned that from horses. Yeah, which well, you know, the, through the you. thing that, yeah, for me, what I learned, this, uh, you know, it still has been my number one thing. I There's two things that happen in the community of horses. There's the people who are male leaders, and there are people who are the female leaders. Hmm. And they go about leading thinking that this is the way mm. and the important part is is it's both male and female energy to lead, and you only lead when there is a want to follow, so you have to create
1: that d- desire and I think that's what you're getting I don't at even know
2: it. if I need to create it I-, I I want to tell you a story that just happened yesterday okay. I have been working I have been working with with the horse here, his his name is Marchador, and I think I'm going to write about 14 books about him. And I'm really, <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, I I mean this horse can do no wrong, mm. and I'm always ex- in experimentation. My, you know, I, I just have to experiment all the time. I, mm. you know, yeah, I'm a trainer, but I I've, I've got to be doing something. I don't know what I'm doing, and so anyway, I had heard about this fellow by the name of Ostemeyer who trained horses to do piaffe, and had probably trained more horses to do piaffe than anybody ever. Right. For those who don't know
1: dressage, Caroline, can you explain what that is?
2: Oh, it's, it's uh, that the horse would stand on one spot and trot.
1: Hmm. Okay.
2: okay. So, horses know that on special occasions they might do that. Mm-hmm. But They've never been an experience where somebody says, I want you to do it, so it's foreign to them. Right. So I started doing the Ostermeyer uh, method to my horse, which was taking him into a stall, put him in cross ties, and touching his legs and telling him to pick his legs up. Well, I put him in the stall, and I put the rope... On the horse, but I couldn't put two ropes on him. I thought one rope is quite enough. Mm-hmm. And I started in this, and then there was a lot of things I couldn't do. He uh, he had a bunch of different whips, all different kinds, and he explained them all. I'm oh, No, I want to use my reed. So you know, you know about the reeds that I use. They're they're just mm-hmm. like grass things. Mm-hmm. The horses can eat them if they want. If you were to touch a horse with the leg, it couldn't make any kind of impact because it would break. Right. So, anyway, I started with Marchador, and he was doing real good. Now, they think when he goes into that room, when he has to do all of that work, that he's really going to fine dining. Hmm. He doesn't know that he went in there for training. He didn't even notice it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was to him, fine dining. Right. So, one day... I'm always wanting to test to make sure that this is a voluntary thing especially when I put tack on my horses. So this day was the first day I had ever turned this horse loose out of his paddock onto my whole entire ranch because the ranch is not fenced. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that and I live in the middle of the city and this horse could run out in traffic and get, you know, run over. But I felt good about him. So I turned him loose, and he went to the barn site. He went into the room that we teach, Pia, and put himself in the corner. Hmm. And I didn't have anything to do with him. I had some students here, and we left him in there. And he then came to the door, and he looked out. And we paid no attention, and he stayed in there. I went in, and I worked him at Liberty and fed him, and he thought that was great, and went out. And he'd walk up to the door and stop. He wouldn't come out. Because he wanted to stay in there and do more of that, <laughs> so I shoot him out of the room, and then we worked with him and sending him from one person to another. And every time he ran to a person, he got a treat. <laughs> but any time we took our mind off of him, he'd go back into that room. Isn't that something? So yeah. this this is you know to to me uh, understanding that what I'm doing is is okay, because right. he's really having a good time. Right. <laughs> and not only that, he did. He won't leave the ranch now, and he's gotten out several times by accident and mm-hmm. wandered about. And that day when we left him out, he didn't wander anyplace. He just stayed with us. Hmm. Yeah, that's so, awesome, uh, Carolyn, you really, and I really hope
1: people will um, get a copy of your book, um, Naked Liberty, and read your blog, because you really, really, really explain the waterhole rituals um, from what you experienced as a childhood, uh, ingratiating yourself into a wild horse, a wild Mustang herd. And um, there's a whole dynamic there. But one of the things that I noticed uh, on your site, reading your blog, was you were talking about how... Language with horses I mean we so many people are wanting to listen and learn more about horses because they love them but one of the things that you talked about was that um, they loving them is great but it's not enough because of what you're talking about here we 're containing them they're not allowed to run free anymore like none of it, none of
2: it's nat- yeah none of it is natural horses are not Horses are not used to being kept in pens. Mm-hmm. Horses are not used to being kept in larger pens. It, it, they're, you're used to going where they want to go. Right. And even barns. And, and barns. they're used to being in a group. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And here, here this horse is feeling in limbo because he doesn't have his daily interaction in a group. Right. And he's starved. Even zoo animals are kept better than horses. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like parrots keeping birds. You know, and, and yeah. A lot of I, they don't. They don't... Zoo, zoo, zoos today now try to give environment to the animal right. that is most natural, that nurtures his spiritual well-being. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what's happening on now. Yep. It's not happening with horses. And yet horses are still that wild creature they've always been. That's right. Horses, horses the thing that's so so wonderful about horses is that if you turn a horse loose, he will always know how to take care of himself. Mm. You turn a dog or cat loose, that may not be the case. Right, Right. exactly. But horses can take care of themselves in nature. All they have to do is find horses. Mm -hmm. If they can find horses, they can survive. Right. No good and myself. that's the first thing they look for. So right. what when I'm working with a horse, what I'm focused on is, is I want the horse to feel that way about me. Oh. Mm-hmm. In other words, if a horse comes out, uh, you know, gets out, I want him to come here to my mm-hmm. house. Sure. And say, where are you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if we continue developing our horses from the fact that we like them just the way they are, Whatever that is there's a point we can start to train a horse but if we feel the horse is failing us we cannot show up correctly to be able to train that horse Mhm I don't care what Marchador does he can he can choose to learn piaffe or not it's just something that we do together Right And when I see at a point he he says you know I'm just not that kind of a horse will be going on and moving on to other things. It's not I the other thing that I find very fascinating is people will buy a horse and and just oh my God, the love, the the stories, the photographs, the everything and then when the horse gets to a certain age they sell it. Yep. I mean that And why is... do you think that is, Carolyn? What is it? Because that is that I, I read it in the
1: paper I'm always reading in the paper and I'm thinking, Well, what is up with this? And they don't even allow the family ties with these horses.
2: I'll tell you what's up with it. They have not been educated to feel differently. Mm. It's our job to educate mm-hmm. our next generations to be caring and feeling and understanding what it means to be responsible to something's care. All that in that means- life.
1: And with these horses, what, I really, what I'm seeing, what I'm reading, what I'm learning, is that we have ignored their nature,
2: totally. who they are. Mm-hmm. And we've, we've ignored. Do you know that there's more written about just any other kind of animal's behavior than there is on horses? And I
1: don't um, understand that because a horse has been yeah, so much a part of human society for so for long. For so long. Because
2: it's probably yes, longer than any other animal. But it's all about us. It's not about them.
1: Right, Right. and and I think that they have actually said that we have to, you know, a horse has to do what I want him to do because he's here for me, for my Mm -hmm. purpose. And yet what you're teaching is about respect and wanting to have a relationship with this animal.
2: I am about getting to know that horse and being happy with who he is. Yes. And that's, whatever it is, if he says, okay, I'm a bucker and you can't ride me, well, Mm -hmm. well, learn to fall in love with that. Right. I get these are the kinds of horses that I get in my life that I have to care for, horses that you can never ride because they'll buck you off. Right. And I take care of them till the end of their life mm-hmm. because they need to be appreciated for who they are. Mm-hmm. I have one horse here. His name I call him Cat. <laughs> and the reason that it, and I say, hey, kitty, 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 kitty. <laughs> and Cat comes running. And Cat's story is when he wants to, he will. And when he doesn't want to, he won't. <laughs> just like <laughs> and a he, cat. You know, yeah, he's just like a cat. And I say, you can get along with Cat. He's fine. just But just know that there is a time when he wants to and a time that he won't. Mm-hmm. And through the process, well, let me explain something. Through the process, he wants to do more than he doesn't. Mm. Ah, Because we've given him that, and now he's just become the most loving creature you could ever meet. Now, you also say something in your videos that
1: struck me. You said, you know, horses aren't going to talk, per se, with you, but you can have a whole world of communication with them Mm. by observing and knowing what their language is within their society. Um, and it's all about movement.
2: Right. Well, I think well the, the reason they're not, you know, noise makers is because it calls predators to them. Right. So their so their communication has got to be body language. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they have tremendous ears, and they can learn English really fast.
1: I <laughs> no doubt. Yes. Yeah.
2: And they're extremely they really smart. <laughs> learn, yeah, they really. My horses understand. Any of my feelings, anything I say, anything, you just have to see them to to get it. But, but, like, one man came here to learn how to communicate or understand, read a horse or communicate with a horse or whatever. And he came here, and I says, you can do that. And he says, no, I can't. Hmm. And I says, well, I said, if you can't, it's only that you do not care enough. Because it comes from caring. If you can get in touch with your caring, you can understand any animal. Wow. That's all it is. That's something. And so we we fought back and forth on that, you know. And all of a sudden he looked at me and he says, this horse does not want us talking anymore because the subject was her doing this to get a carrot and she wants to go back to that. I says, now you're starting to care. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. I said, and that's a full sentence that that mare is saying to you. And, if, and, and when I give clinics, everybody knows what the horses are thinking because I can give clinics and the horse will do something and say, oh, look at her now. She doesn't want to do that. Look at her run off, right? Mm-hmm. She's saying, well, I don't know if I'm going to put up with this. Mm-hmm. So we can speak to the horse. We are capable. I hear it all the time. But if we don't think we can, we can't. Mm-hmm. Sure. And there you go. It's all in the thinking. Um, sure. Now, yeah, anyone anyone that thinks they can, can. And anyone who thinks they can't, can't. Sure.
1: So it's self limiting. We're self limiting in, in the whole thing. One Another thing that was really fascinating to me was. But first, wait a
2: minute. Excuse me. I want to say that. Sorry, this. go ahead. <laughs> you should give up your agenda if you want to reach the true mind. Oh, I love mm. that you said that. You don't know how mm-hmm. much I love that you said that. <laughs> that you can't reach the two mind you the true mind with agenda. Mhm.
1: Very well put, yes. And that goes for anything, whether with horses or whatever. That's just anything, Carolyn. That's a well put statement.
2: Mhm.
1: You said that um scientists have proven, um, and this was on your blog, I think it was today or yesterday, um, that Watching horses don't learn by watching is what scientists um, quote unquote
2: proven. Mm-hmm. And you said hogwash. <laughs> it's so silly. I don't know why they come up with things. They come up with. I don't as either. As, as far as I'm concerned, until you can communicate with the animal and get the response that you expected to get, you can't make judgments on them. Mm-hmm. I remember I was working with a scientist and. He says, oh, you have to have this and this and this before it's truth. I says, I can tell you when that horse is going to go potty in five minutes. I can tell you when she's going to go over and drink water. Mm -hmm. I can tell you, you know, if I can tell you everything that horse is going to do before he does it, it's got to mean I know something. And so we went around and around about, I can't remember what it was about, but the scientists, they're saying that a horse can't learn from learning, from watching. And... That's how all animals learn. It's not it's, it's not something it's not something that all horses can learn but horses. I mean all animals can learn but horses. That's the way all animals learn is they watch. The lizards here are watching me all the time. I got a lizard story for you. Another lizard story, because I'm always watching. Oh, another one, okay. (laughs) Yeah, this is is one that just happened. So anyway, they learn by watching. The crows learn by watching, because they've got to know what you are about, whether you're a predator, and if you're not, if you have anything that they need. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's the way animals are. What is this? How are we going to get into that grain can after she leaves? The rabbit's everything. They do everything through watching. So anyway, all of my horses are taught through watching. The first time I really did it, I guess I must have been 14 years old, I trained a horse to run the barrels through watching the horses run the barrels. And I sat on her and let her watch them run the barrels. And in, I don't know, inside of six weeks, I was in a competition and I broke the record barrel racing. Wow. And I didn't do... I think I must have run on the barrels maybe four times before that time. Mm-hmm. I let her watch, and I let her walk the barrels. So after that, I teach Spanish walk by waiting for the horse to volunteer it from watching, not from training. Mm-hmm. In other words... I'll stand. I'll work a horse, and the horse that does the Spanish walk, uh, Spanish walk, gets a cookie. Right. The horse that is watching also gets a cookie. Mm. So he understands. Well, if this horse will do that walk, I get a cookie. So he gets really connected to that idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we make a big pause, and we just stand and talk, tell jokes. And all of a sudden, the horse says, "Hey, let's get back on this subject." And the watcher, will pick up his foot you know, and make a big display. And we hand him a cookie and now we can start him on the Spanish walk. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I love and that you
1: just, um, through um, action, that you mm-hmm. just refuted science.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah. This is the thing. My waterhole rituals are all about the horse. Science says they can't think or they can't do this. They can't. My waterhole rituals is all um, volunteered um, learning. Mm-hmm they they boost themselves up in the learning process. Right. So that's that has to happen from watching because it didn't happen from making. Mhm. I'm just conf- I'm just
1: astounded that they would think that everything every being on this planet doesn't learn from watching.
2: And how did they ever come up with that idea? I, I don't mean, know. <laughs> they
1: don't, they've never been around animals, obviously. On the grid well, they they're just, in the, the grid the on the problem grid. Was,
2: p- the problem is they were they were playing the wrong movies to the horses. I
1: guess.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not watching this. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Wow.
1: Not understanding really the nature, period. You know, being so far removed, like you said, on the grid instead of outside of it. And, you know, and really that's, Carolyn, your book and a couple others have intrigued Jeannie and I to focus on this, you know, animal nature so much more because we really feel that, that's the missing link in what mm-hmm. we've been teaching. You know, if we're going to teach about natural animal health, we definitely need to be teaching about the nature of animals, because if we can have people understand that and start looking toward that, mm-hmm. then um, the
2: rest of it kind of — it falls more into place. I would also like to offer an idea that people could do out there right now to help their horses. Absolutely. Okay. because we keep them separated from other horses is if they could, any chance, have themselves or anyone else sit with their horse in the paddock and read a book. Hmm. Because horses really, really respond more positively to that than anything I've ever done with a horse. So we have people coming to the ranch all the time, babysitting their horses. Mm hmm, And just being with them... Because when you look at how horses are in a herd, they spend a certain amount of time, you know, arguing about this. They're just like us, right? Mm -hmm. A certain amount of time playing, a certain time about grooming, and a certain certain time of sharing the essence of that moment where things are not happening. Mm -hmm. Just, you know... Just a form of togetherness, right. and that's what you can give a horse by. If the reason I like people to sit and read a book is because you need to give up your desire to be with the horse, because this way the horse does not feel your desire getting in the way of mm-hmm. the relationship.
1: Hmm. Do you think that that desire is something that could almost um, overwhelm them? Yes. Okay.
2: Wow so you, you just, it's very important just to be there mhm and then when that when that when that horse sees that you come and you you're there on a regular basis there is a there's a a cellular connection that binds the relationship with the horse and yourself to have a knowing of each other's minds that is very intimate, mhm. Mm. I could sit with a horse, let's say, and do nothing but sit with him, and in a certain amount of time, I could throw a saddle on that horse and ride off, and all I did was sit in a chair. But because we like to dance around mm-hmm. with the horse, we think that, you know, it's all about this and that, but reality, it's about a very deep relationship that can happen by just allowing it to happen. Right. Wow. I don't
1: know. It, it, it sounds really profound, and yet what you're saying is um, quite simple, Carolyn, if we well, want, e- people are listening. <laughs>
2: there, the, the thing, that, the, the thing that, that we all know is, or we should know, is that horses really are connected to humans. Mm-hmm. And we don't believe it. And that's one of the reasons why horses get abused, yeah. is we think that they're not connected with us. Right. If if I had if, let's say if I took a man who knew nothing about a horse, and we gave him a horse, to to walk from California to New York, and that horse was not trained but to ride, mm-hmm. but only trained to halter, mm-hmm. I can guarantee you by the time he got to New York, he'd be riding. Wow! And he didn't read a book to do it. <laughs> it awesome. happened. It happened in the process. And what I'm saying with today, what we're doing with horses, we almost shouldn't be doing because of the fact that it's too self-serving. And if we can stop a moment and make a connection with the horse and put him as number one, right, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then we can develop a relationship with the horse and have all the dancing and do everything that we wanted to do with the horse, but from a entirely different consciousness so that we would even know how to relate to ourselves, to our children, to our life.
1: And actually, that is being put together. That very thought message that you're talking about has been put together um, by Stormy May, someone you work with um, a lot, Carolyn, um, uh, in her new DVD, "The Path of the Horse." Do you? And I know there are several yourself and several others who are thinking along the same um, mindset for um, for helping the horse. More, you know, I think really it's 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 so much more. Would you want to share that with the audience?
2: What about the film them? is about? Yeah. Well, Stormy May would be best to do that, but I think what she did was she's looking to bring another consciousness to the equestrian world um, and seeing the, the sacredness of what horses can teach us rather than what we can teach them. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think the focus of the film is about. It's very lovely, just even the... Um just the, the
1: trailer that she has put out and um, and the way every, the way that those of you who are involved are thinking. But you, this is exactly what you're talking about is uh, what you were talking about on your blog about freedom for horses.
2: Stormy May, I don't know if you know this about her, but what she has done with her life to be able to make that film. Are you aware of, of the... Um the sacrifices that she had to make to make that I'm film. not. I'm no, sure our not. audience isn't. Well, she sold her ranch. Oh, my goodness. So that she could have the money to make that film. Oh, my goodness. Wow.
1: That's how important this film was to her.
2: Mm. Yes. That is
1: awesome. Wow. No, I had no idea she had done that and... Definitely, we need to have Stormy on here to share mm-hmm. that journey because um, I think it's just so important. I, Jeannie and I are the, are like you, Carolyn. I, I don't remember a time growing up as a child, and I think that's why I was so drawn to your book and how you wrote, and what you're saying about horses was that I don't remember a time um, not having this um, attraction. I, that's such yeah. a, it's so shallow a word to horses. <laughs> um, being on one the first time I was less than a, you know, yes, less than two years old. The first you were time. deemed horse crazy, you know. Yeah, you, you we thought about, about it, you dreamed right. about it, you ate it. You know? uh-huh. <laughs> I would go to bed at night as a child, and the thing I would lay in bed saying to myself was, "Please let me dream about riding a horse. Please let me dream about being with a horse. Let me." Dream not of... wanting to wash your hands, so you still not, smelled like one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, if I went to my horse, my horse um, to my riding lessons, I my mom had to wrestle with me to get mm. into the shower because I wanted to smell like a
2: horse. Right, All
1: right. I I literally.
2: I remember when I got off a horse that what I had to do if I went any place was to canter. Mhm. <laughs> <laughs> Been there,
1: done that. <laughs>
2: and Winnie a little bit too. Yeah, right. In fact, that's a very interesting point. I wanna make an interesting point between men and women. Okay. When a little boy is horse crazy, he rides a broom. Hmm. Hmm. When a little girl is horse crazy, she's is a horse. horse. Yeah, mm-hmm. interesting.
1: Isn't that, is. that interesting? It yeah. is very interesting because I was always a horse too. I didn't. <laughs> I mean, until I started reading about people like you, I thought I was like one of the weirdest kids because I was always a horse. <laughs> I didn't ride them; I was the horse. So, um, it's just yeah, that's interesting. Boy, when did you
2: discover that? Oh, I don't know. Some time ago, but that I've always basamy. been interested. I've always been interested in in uh, male and female energy. So it's I've always watched that. Mm-hmm. Oh, guess what? I don't know if we have time, but I wanted to tell you about my lizard story. Oh, yes. absolutely! And we, if we go over, we'll
1: just let the audience know we'll go over because we have about five minutes left. And so, okay. tell your lizard story.
2: <laughs> okay, I had a new um, apprentice student start. Uh, working here at the ranch. Um, we were sitting out in front of the house by the fountain, and that's the fountain that's on my DVDs. And my mother takes care of it and puts flowers in it every day, and it just looks gorgeous. But anyway, we were sitting in the chair, and she she had put her, her feet up so that there was about two and a half inches from the bottom of her foot to the ground. And under her foot, I knew that there was a centipede, and it had been there all day long. And I thought it was dead because it really just stayed there. And I'm talking to her, and we had been we had been doing all. She was my horse. I was teaching her to sing a line and drive, and, okay. and so that she could feel what it is to be the horse and all this kind of thing. Oh. And 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 so the lizard that lives there is very aware of to watch out for us. Because we're quite, um, and he always acts afraid of us. Mm -hmm. You know, like when my mother and I sit by the fountain and eat breakfast, he comes out and he looks at us and goes up and down and then runs into the bushes, but he doesn't really get close. That day, that same lizard ran. He was 20 feet away. Ran as fast as he could. Under her foot, grabbed the centipede, and continued to eat it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and I said, Be careful, there's a lizard under your foot. And so we looked, and of course, he says, Oh, got to get out of here. So he grabbed that centipede and he ran. Now, he didn't take it to the bushes. He took it maybe six feet away from us, turned around, and then ate it. In front of you? In well, you front could of see us. him. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he was no longer afraid. Right. Just but I mean just such a, and, you know, I think, well, what does all that mean? I said, Well he's a limbic mind, probably he you know, he was worried that maybe her foot was there to take the centipede. Mm. Who knows? Oh. Mm-hmm. And he says, Wait a minute, <laughs> that's my, <thing. laughs> that's my Who, knows? <laughs> Who knows what was going through his mind but it just amazed me, uh their minds whether he was because the way the mind works that he couldn't see us because he he was worried about that centipede or why didn't he take that centipede earlier it was just it just fascinates me i have no answer it's just that i thought that was pretty intriguing i think that all of your stories
1: are very similar to that in your book and i found it utterly absolutely intriguing and i didn't think anybody else had those kind of thoughts. (laughs) And and so I was so excited to read your writing and yet you've um, developed that observation, Carolyn, you know, um, you you sit still and you observe and I found that fascinating.
2: Thank God for shows like your show because before we were able to have computers like we have now, Mm -hmm. it's bringing all of the people that think they live on these islands Mm -hmm. together again Mm -hmm. which is really it's sort of like a renaissance it is it's very it's very yeah it's very exciting to be a part of that Mm
1: -hmm. I agree and unfortunately now we have run out of time and Carolyn we, we just hope that everybody will go pick up a copy of Naked Liberty just to get your mind just to hearing these kind of stories and reading this fascinating journey and Read the blog. The blog is awesome. Yeah. I look forward to reading it every day. And she also, you also have other people who come on the blog. So let's give those um, the blog website again, which is www.carolynresnickblog.com and um, we spelled it at the front of the hour so you have to listen to the whole show again and um, also dancewithhorses.com and you can get a copy of Naked Liberty there and I believe it's also available on the blog watch all the videos look for the path of the horse to come and Carolyn, in closing we will put, I think everything you shared today were words of wisdom but what, we did. what words of wisdom do you want to impress upon the audience in closing what do you want to walk, them to walk away with knowing in their hearts about waterhole rituals and the language of horses and horses in general
2: oh just i think the most important thing is to is to really start getting interested in how a horse looks at at life from the mm-hmm. horse's you know from the horse's viewpoint and then the other thing is don't have an agenda with your horse and take care of him of him for who he is and if you're out there looking for a horse consider that you don't just buy a palomino or a Whatever color you want. Right. Pick the horse to fit your personality, and be really careful and spend a long time looking for a horse that wants to do what you want to do. Oh wow! I am so glad you said
1: everything that <laughs> you said today, and those were wonderful words of wisdom. Mm-hmm. And we do hope um, that we will have you back again, Carolyn. We'd love to um, have you share more about your journey with horses and how everyone can come to um, to help them. You know, right? To help these animals that have been so integral part of our lives, and yet last on the totem pole with um, our thought process. So, thank you so much for being with us, and uh, we wish you continued success and um, and the work with the horses. I thank we appreciate you, you. thank, very much thank so you so much, Carolyn. And in the spirit of love and truth, we hope you all have a tail wagging, hoof stomping, wing flapping, perfectly animal talking day.
0: Pets and nature come together every week on Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim Bloomer and Dr. Jeannie Thomason. Learn how to care for your pets with all the wonderful natural elements that nature has to offer so your pets can live a happy, healthy, and harmonious life. Pet Talk Naturally, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Naturally.